Now I'm going to offer you an off-ramp. Do you want to stop the episode here and, like, wrap it up and then keep going? Or do you want to just keep going and do edit points later? What do you think? What, what, how do you feel? I mean, I I'm, could... I'm kind of cool either way. I could keep going, but if you want to wrap things up and call it... What? Why don't we wrap it and then continue a conversation and then I, I can always stitch it together in a random way, but we can yeah, wrap it here. Or that then, could be the, then, how the, the episode ends. Yeah. And then I could, but I, I could even like kind of throw out there that we might, hey, we're probably going to continue this conversation a little more. So, you know, Absolutely. stick around, you know. Okay, cool. That works. You want to do an outro or just keep going? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll do a quick outro real quick. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name is Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with John Hines. Hey there. And it's just the two of us tonight. It's actually been a little while since we haven't had the full uh, trifecta since we've been shorthanded. But this week we figured uh, both John and I have been pretty busy with our schedules lately or with work and whatnot. Just hectic. I know, yeah, we got Labor Day coming up. So I know like our buddy Glenn's planning on coming to make a Chicago visit. Unfortunately, I was hoping to make it work, but I just started... uh, working this last couple of weeks. So I'm just like, ah, I'm a little fried. I've been doing some long drives and stuff. So I'm just like, oh man, I haven't had a ton of time to game. And I, you know, I was hoping to visit with some friends, but I was like, I need to recuperate and, you know, make use of that extra day off this weekend. But in that, you know, regard, pretty much the stuff we've been playing is all like stuff that we've played before, talked about on the podcast. Mostly I've been dipping into a little bit more Pikmin 4. So John and I were talking right before this and saying, you know, we were both kind of on the same page. Like, hey, why don't we just make it more like kind of a save it for the cast style episode, more conversational today. So if you haven't listened to those, we kind of do those on the off weeks and just trim it from like the conversation that we BS before or after we record our proper episodes. And we mm-hmm. figured, hey, we'll just kind of chit chat tonight and talk some games or like what we've been doing outside of games, wherever the conversation ends up going. Uh, although I will say uh, just to start with some video game stuff, if you don't mind me taking the lead. I yeah, guess, please. John. Go um, ahead. But I've talked ad nauseum about uh, the games from Punk Cake Delicio. Um, we've even had Remy DeVoe, one of the developers on the team there on the podcast, interviewed a while back, uh, which was a ton of fun and an honor to have them on the show. Um, but I've been just such a huge fan of their stuff and they've kind of gone a little quiet in recent months up until this last month or so. So they up, I, when I talked about them a ton on the podcast, they were doing, they had a Patreon and they still do. Um, and they were releasing a game every month and which is such an unsustainable pace. (laughs) Exactly. I can't believe they did that. Yeah. Both them and sock pop and sock pop actually just changed their plan. So I'll talk a little bit about both of that. Um, cause they just stopped doing monthly releases as well for different reasons. But so punk cake, it was sort of a little bit confusing the way that they, so they announced like through their Patreon, they're like, Hey, you probably have noticed that we haven't released any games in a while. And we're like a little behind our schedule. So they like turned off their Patreon. Like you're still subscribed, but you're just not getting like billed monthly until they reactivate it or whatever. So they're like, we're like three or four games behind. So if you've been a patron, like you're going to get those automatically when we release them. And then they're like, after we do that, we're actually just going to take a full year off and then we're going to go back to the next year. We're going to release a game every month the next year. So I was like, at first my reaction was like, why aren't they just going to do like a game every other month or a game every three months or why, like, why are they doing like turn it off for a year? But then I started thinking, I bet you they're just going to like simmer some ideas. Like a lot of punk kicks releases so far have been like actually games that they 
originally either either Benjamin Sule or Remy DeVoe, the two kind of lead developers that kind of take co or they kind of take co lead or they each like kind of head up the games. It seems like they tag team right. them and work with uh, Pentadrangle on the uh, music as well now. Which uh, the other thing that they've been doing as of late, I'm just kind of scatterbrained here and just rambling about. Please no, this realize, is but, literally what I wanted tonight because I yeah so. <laughs> So they went from like being kind of quiet to just being like, okay, up up until now, they've just released like Shotgun King was their biggest success. Like they uh, developed it originally. And I've talked about this game a bunch or at least a few times on the podcast and they developed it for the Ludum Dar game jam. It won that game jam. Uh, that's one of the bigger game jams out there. So because of that success, it actually ended up doing really, really well on itch.io when they first like released it. And they'd done that before. But they ended up or maybe that was the first time they turned a jam game into like a full release. I can't remember, but they've done that multiple times since, if not uh, before, because I've talked about like the Terzhenev study and a few. They have like eight or nine, maybe even 10 games now. But um, they started recently releasing after releasing, I think Shotgun King was the first one. And then I think Moon Pong was the other one that they released on Steam. Otherwise, all their games were only available on itch up until now. Hmm. Uh, But they over the last like month or so they've been like every couple weeks like putting out their first game antichrypt then metavax then the ratchet's den then rush of ages so they're bringing everything to steam and then alongside that which kind of came out of nowhere or at least i didn't i missed the announcement if they mentioned it before but shotgun king they were like it's coming to consoles it's coming to switch xbox playstation everything and they got a port done by a uh, headbang club is the studio or the publisher i'm not sure okay. exactly what they did but they mentioned they were like uh like they helped do some of the development they actually this headbang club made a tutorial and they were like you might notice that there's now a tutorial in a punk cake game and they're like and you'll also note that this game they were like it took them as long to make the tutorial as it because took it's us hard. to make the whole game tutorials the whole are game. so hard writing instructions are really difficult because how yeah. do you like it is one thing to just go into a game and have like controls kind of be like immersive or something that like you can like kind of grasp on like by playing it. It is another yeah. thing to like write that out as like a flowing like set of commands that makes sense. Like it yeah. is incredibly and es- difficult to write. And especially when it started out as a game jam game where you're kind of rushing it out, you're just kind of skipping over the tutorial. Hey, maybe mm-hmm. we'll add it in later. But if you're building off of that foundation, you're kind of like, and now one difference too, like the, the game kind of, I think it on PC, it does work a little bit better as much as I, I definitely will. I've already played it a bunch more times. I've played maybe two, three, four more hours and I'm actually doing pretty good so far. Um, they've added a ton of new stuff since I played it last too. Like I played a little bit after like they commercially released it, but I actually mostly played like the game jam version mm-hmm. of the game. But since then, because it was so successful, they've done a bunch of DLC for the game uh, or like patches and like updates to the game since it came out. And all of that's now in the new game. Or may- and maybe they even added stuff for this console release. I'm not 100% sure there, um, apart from the tutorial. But one thing that was nice about playing on PC is when you play with you play it pretty much entirely with the mouse, there might be a couple keyboard hotkeys that I'm not remembering. But you can basically like hover over any piece and see what health they're at or see what... Uh, you know, where you can move and like right click on things, left click on things and like just really easily like you, you pick up buffs and debuffs after every round 
And basically, if you're not familiar with the game, you play as just it's basically chess, but you play as just the king with a shotgun on your team. <laughs> and then there's different upgrades. And that's one thing that. Oh, it's so good. Runs, it's such a good I know it's like so concept. silly and stupid, but it's like so expertly designed yes. and done that it like it just works for some reason. And no, it's so cool to see like the sh- this is developed on the their like proprietary sugar engine. I think they plan on releasing it eventually in some capacity. I don't, oh, I don't know sick. for sure, but I remember Remy talking about that a little bit on the podcast when they were on, um, that they were, you know, they weren't sure what they were going to do with it, but they were planning on getting it out there in some capacity. Kind of like, just as a quick side note, like I am so surprised that there aren't more like independent engines available. Like a, yeah, kind of shocks me whenever like uh, I hear something like Godot coming out and then being like, why isn't there more of this? <laughs> like, I know like most people like uh, if you're making a like high budget indie game, you're just going to use Unity. But like or Game I, Maker even or something right. like it's 2D, especially. Yeah. But like, I'm just amazed that like there's not more. I don't know, weird esoteric game engines for people to make stuff on. It seems like kind of a like sub genre of, I don't know, game dev or. Yeah, definitely. There's like there's definitely a a breed of developer that like, you know, gets more into that kind of stuff as opposed to just developing games, you know, and and it's kind of cool because the sugar engine was kind of like designed and not, not to put words in any of their mouths or anything like that. But I recall Remy saying something to the effect of like, I basically just wanted to have like a juicier Pico 8 engine, you know, with less limitations. And it it kind of feels like that. Oh, like my God. That is like that's a dream to me. <laughs> like, yeah, it's amazing. And they, they still use to the best of my knowledge. Not, I don't think for everything, but like for their first few releases. And I think for still a lot of them, they use Pico 8 for like doing all the sound effects and stuff like that. Not oh. the not the soundtrack and the music, but the sound effects. So really really cool stuff so i've been really pumped to like i've re- i'm really kind of rooting for them to like i hope them bringing all their games to steam is going to bring them to more eyeballs you know i know there's more people that shop there than you know so i i would Shotgun buy King's that been the, the engine in a heartbeat like yeah <laughs> that would like the instant it becomes available <laughs> yeah like that stuff is all over my head the little bit that i've dabbled with like game dev stuff with like glenn or even just poking around with pico 8 and i know you've mentioned like that you've <laughs> dabbled in it a little bit lately we'll probably save that more for yeah. when randall's around I, I mean feel free to bring something up if you want but like i feel like yeah pico 8 seems like something that's like doable but when i dabbled i was like this is still a little over my head i'm not in the right mental capacity to dive into this just right now i guess but um yeah i don't know i've just been really pumped to see number one them pump the brakes and be like okay we don't need to stick to any crazy monthly release schedule um i'm hoping that they'll yeah cook up some games over this year and they 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 have made a couple other game jam games that they haven't turned into full releases just yet uh they have one super fetch dog which i love the game jam version that's coming out soon uh just on pc and whatever so i'm i'm just really pumped to see punk cake seemingly having some pretty good success lately and then yeah just to mention sock pop briefly too uh they went from doing their monthly patreon releases where you and they still now they still have a monthly patreon subscription but they're just like hey look we don't want to be stuck to that like time frame anymore we want to make like the game we want to make, make it a little bigger. We're going to release the games when we release them. They might be priced differently, maybe a little higher. But if you're like our patron at whatever level, lowest to highest, or there's other perks if you're higher up or whatever. But uh, And you can obviously just buy the games independently too. But they're just going to kind of release games as they're done. 
Uh, but they were like, yeah, they put a post out in August like, hey, it feels weird. We haven't released a game like this year yet, basically. Um, but they right around the time that Shotgun King out, they released Stacklands and that was like a deck building kind of survival right, crafting yep. sim. I talked about that a little bit, too, and that has been super successful. I think they said it sold over like a million copies. I saw some Hell post yeah. about it. So like they've been they were already successful, I think, as it is. So I think they were just kind of like, hey, now let's like. Look at what we've been able to do with this. Again, not to put any words in their mouths, but like mm-hmm. I think they saw like, hey, look at what we were able to do with Stacklands because we saw so much success with that. Like, what if we could kind of do that with every game, like really devote all our time to it? So they've released one since then. I haven't had a chance to play it other than to just boot it up and see if it worked on my computer, because sometimes their games act a little funky, especially if I'm trying to stream them. Uh, so I was just like testing out. I think it's just called Frog's Adventure or Frog's frog game it's got got a real simple name but it's got like this really awesome hand-drawn like everything is hand-drawn and kind of like really kind of like not crassly but like kind of sloppily colored in like almost like looks like with crayon like kind of like a pop-up book Uh, and it's like a point and click adventure but a little more actiony like it's more like you point where you want your character to run and then hold down and then they kind of run over there and you jump to trigger a lily pad so that you can then jump or click to click on a lily pad to trigger it and then jump on it and whatever but it's just so cool to see both these studios seemingly having success and kind of seemingly like taking a step into like building some bigger games and like just being like okay we've we've got some funding behind us or some you know something that we can rest on or whatever maybe shotgun king is you know bringing in some revenue from the console ruler whatever it is you know it's just like they seem a little more comfortable and now they can just even more make what they want to make and so i'm really excited to see what happens there I know that like it's you can't always just draw parallels between different media for like forms of media, but like it really does just like sound so familiar of like a band booking a show and being like, you know, this is maybe the one that like will just get enough eyeballs on us or like we'll be playing with the right bands that like people will like start to see us like in a outside of our own like sphere of friends and like this is the one thing that's going to like once we get eyeballs on us then like okay now we can kind of like once we've done the work of trying to get our name out there or doing the marketing or whatever that then we can take our time and like actually sit and develop like there's so much of a hustle that like is front loaded into like really competitive media markets it's uh it sucks. Yeah. Like, and I so wish people much, could like, just make stuff at like the pace they want to make stuff. Yeah. And there's so the fact that there's so much luck involved in mm-hmm. the equation, you know, like I, I don't know if Shotgun King would have had the success it had if it wasn't such a such a success in that game jam, which yep. brought a lot of like game developers. It, it got a lot of attention through that. Then it got a lot of write ups in various magazines and you know, YouTube like how many videos equally whatever. great games or musicians or artists or whatever, like just get in, like passed over because there's it's so hard to find stuff and it's so hard to like get focus on you. Like, yeah, it's not yeah, any would... fault of the product not being good enough. Exactly. I was even thinking while I was playing Shotgun King. And again, I not this is not to slight the console version at all. Like, I've really been having fun. Like I said, I put in a few hours already. I, I have like the playing on a gamepad is just a little more cumbersome. Like you kind of move, like you use the left stick or the D pad or whatever to kind of aim. Cause you can kind of, you're basically hopping one square at a time or one tile at a time as the King. So you just mm-hmm. kind of like move the joystick octo directionally around the King. Um, and then it will point like the arrow red arrow will kind of point 
at the tile you're going to jump to. But then like sometimes you'll get a buff that like lets you move two tiles at a time. And then it gets really annoying to like move up, down, left, right, and like select the tile you want to move to where like when you play with the mouse, you just literally hover over where you want to move and click there. So like and then they they really have added a ton of new buffs too, where like the buffs before were like there's always a buff and a debuff. So it'll like kind of buff your squad or give you some kind of upgrade, but then upgrade the other team or downgrade you in some way. And they were a little more simplistic and easier to wrap your head around before where it'd just be like plus two firepower, uh, add two rooks with plus one health on Oof. the opposing team or something like that. Yeah. Now it's like there's like three things like if you're on a tile next to another character, then flip this card and it becomes deactivated. But if it's activated, then you're st- it's like it's like a little too much to read. Like it still ends up being mostly the same kind of balance to the risk reward. But it's like when I'm reading them, some of the cards, I'm like, what does that even mean? And then again, like to to reread them or to check them, you got to like hit on switch. You got to hit minus to go to like the info menu and then like hold down left or right trigger to like select from which menu you want to go through and then select through the cards where again on the PC, you just hover over the card and a little, you know, box pops up next to your cursor that tells you what it does. So like, it's just the demo track being a better version than the overproduced studio version. Yeah. Kinda, kinda. Yeah. Which isn't always the case. I still always remember getting that uh, deluxe version of uh, Futures uh, mm. from Jimmy Eat World that came with like the demo versions of all the songs. And I was like, man, I'm kind of surprised they released this, man. Some of these demos are whack. <laughs> like this song is like not that good until you hear like them change it in the studio into yeah. a good song. But it's like, yeah. man, the, the bones of this weren't that great. <laughs> so... Uh, and that's not to say every song, but yeah, there were a few on there where I was like, man, I love that song. And that demo, like I would have probably scrapped that if I wrote that song. I would have thought, eh, not that great. Let's put this on a, you know, EP or something. <laughs> but Sometimes you need the Yeah, punks. I don't know. But I, I, I know I was going to say something else about the punk cake stuff there. I, I kind of got off on a tangent talking about like the things I didn't like about the console version. I, I just like, uh, oh, what I was going to say was. A game that came out. I don't know. I don't know if it came out right around the same time, but I have talked about it recently on the podcast and before. Uh, but Undergrave is like a pretty similar game, like a really chess-like in the sense of like every single move and turn matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of again like a turn-based roguelike situation. Uh, and that game was only five bucks on Switch, and Shotgun King is twelve forty-nine or twelve fifty. Still a great <laughs> steal for that game. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I was thinking about like, man, Shotgun King is great, and it got so much attention. But I Undergrave to me is a better game. Not to even, not that it matters to even compare the two. They're both <laughs> just really good games. I don't like they're both awesome, and I recommend them both. But like, I'm sitting there thinking like, man, it, you know, what does it take other than again, like obviously Shotgun King had that leverage of getting notice in the game jam. Uh, and again, being a great game and having some developers that are a little more well-known maybe or something, but, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's a, just a little bit of a bummer when you're thinking like, man, there's all these other games that are just as good as this that just fly under the radar. But like you said, just yep. like bands, it's, you know, yeah, dude, like, oh, it if sucks. we just open, if we just get that opening slot at beat kitchen, you know, we're going to, we're going to get signed. <laughs> yeah. And then like every label, like just like uh game studios or it's like yeah we're a label like putting together like things that we're passionate about and like promoting bands and oops we folded because that's a lot of fucking work to do and it's so difficult 
God. Yeah, or we got big enough and had to just, you know, decided to sell to a bigger company and just be done with it or whatever. Yep. And then it's, you know, it just gets, you know, gets sucked into the machine or whatever you want to call it, you know? Yep. Dog. Yeah. It's it's a bit of a shame. Well, even like kind of on a different note, but this is actually in a way kind of exciting to me, or at least I'm curious. But uh, when we had Dev Dwarf on the podcast, I guess just mm-hmm. to talk about another time that we had an interview on the podcast, another just really awesome indie developer. Uh, they talked about the game Quomp or Comp. I don't know how you say it. Q-O-M-P from the developer Stuffed Wombat, uh, who's another developer who's like, I feel like all the indie developers and, and me too. I mean, not that I'm a developer, but I just see their games and it instantly go, whoa, that looks crazy and interesting. Uh, they have a new game coming out called Mosa Lena, <laughs> um, like Mona Lisa, but it's like kind of like a sim puzzle platformer it looks crazy i know uh turd boomerang in the discord is always raving about that Uh, that was also a game jam version as well or game jam game originally i think as well or maybe they just released it uh randomly but anyways uh they're going to be releasing comp 2 or quomp 2 however you say it um and but it's not made or developed by stuff wombat it's actually going to (laughs) be developed and published by atari Somehow they like they sold the IP to Atari, and it's just like an Atari. There was some other. What is Atari like, doing buying know, IP? Was, <laughs> there was some other weird like indie kind of arcade puzzle action platformer looking thing recently. I totally forget the name of it, but you just kind of like a one bit, but like way more hyper and chaotic than that. Um, and I don't know what Quamp Two is gonna look like, but I was just like, man, how did this end up happening? Like, what series of events led to this? I mean, I'm obviously happy for Stuff Wombat. I'm assuming that's uh, good for them. But, um, you know, I don't know. But I'm curious to see. But it's just, yeah, it's just so weird how all that stuff shakes out, I guess. But I don't know. What have you been doing uh, gaming-wise or non-gaming-wise? I mean, like I've mentioned, like, I played a little bit of Pikmin 4 still. But I'm talking about that next week. And I am just talked about it on the Save It for the Cast. I don't have a whole lot more to add. Yeah, I mean, part of why I wanted to do the, like, just free-for-all, like, save-it-for-the-cast, like, format for the entire episode mm-hmm. is just, like, I, like, it takes effort to, like, come up with meaningful things to say about games. Like It does. I, I do try does. to, like, I, it may not show, but, like, I do try to put in some effort into this. And, like, there, <laughs> like the past couple weeks, like, I've just been, like, so stressed at work and life and, like, so busy and not have the time to, like, play games in any meaningful, like, active or engaging way and like or not as a way to just like de-stress and like right i remember that was a reason why we started having the save it for the casts in general is just like yeah yeah we were starting to feel burnt out on playing games like at a like we need to come up with new things to do at least if every week or like when we would record two in a week and like I was just playing games at a way like that felt really clinical and just being like, all right, I need to like come up with X number of things to say about this because like I want to like do the developer justice. I want to like actually have something interesting to say and not just be like reading a description of the game. And then like after a while that became like really taxing and I was like not playing games for fun anymore. And I was like, I... We, I need to, like, slow down my consumption of this media that I love and that I care a yeah. lot about. But I'm just like, no, I need to, like, 
figure out what my relationship is with this like form of media and like still prioritize like how like what it brings joy to me and like how I feel about it and like I think like yeah. we did hit a, like a really good sweet spot with doing like our format now and I've been I've been enjoying yeah. it but like this was just a case of life being a fucking lot <laughs> all at once yeah dude yeah and so I was just like I'm in the same right. boat just starting this new job right. so I'm like man I've been fried like I've been like playing just whatever I feel like playing you know not thinking about like oh I gotta think of something to play for the podcast I'm like I'll figure it out when the time comes you know we'll either find you know we'll figure it out yeah. And like I booted up Pikmin 3 because I was like, all right, I'm going to start my next step on my journey to play Pikmin 4, which is a game that I am very looking forward to playing. But like, did still... you beat 2? Did you finish it? I didn't beat 2. I'm like 80% of the way done with 2, or at least, or at least to seeing yeah. credits. But I, I wanted to at okay. least like start 3 to like kind of remember how that game played. And yeah. like, it took me the entire night to like because i didn't want to restart because apparently you can only have one file in pikmin 3 and Aww. so uh, i was like starting from like day 22 and i was like all right i'll i'll go into it i just finally got all five pikmin like i'll be able to figure it out from context and it took me the entire night to remember how to play yeah <laughs> and i was like all right you know what i can't do this right now i don't i just don't have the bandwidth to like do something that like I genuinely enjoy, but like it's going to take some work and I just am so exhausted and like can't do anything other than play Genshin Impact because I don't Dude, need I, to have my brain on for that. I I feel that because kind of when I not I, I don't want to say fizzled on Pikmin 4 because I definitely intend to pick it back up when I have more time and just I, and I still have been dabbling here and there. But like once I got to a point where I where I only had kind of new areas to explore. I was like, ah, I don't want to really dive into something new. If I'm yes. already kind of just combing these areas and like clearing out these last couple caves or getting that one last treasure. Now that I unlocked the, you know, lighter pick the electric Pikmin that I can throw higher, you know, whatever I unlock to be able to get back there with a new item or power up. I'm like, I'll do that, but I'm not really committed to like exploring a new area and taking it all in and like trying to commit it to memory. Yep. Like th there is that like different mode. And yeah, I've definitely like same thing with shotgun King. And that's kind of, I think that's actually the main reason I was kind of like, Oh, what are all these new buffs? I mean, they are <laughs> a little more complex, but I was like expecting to dive right back into that game. And even like it controlled a little differently than I thought. Like again, in the other game or in the way it works, you just like use the mouse and wherever you're pointing is kind of where you're, gun is aiming and where you're going to move it's like kind of just doubles as both where like on the switch you got to use the left stick for movement right stick for aiming there's just like way more buttons that you got to like hold down and this and then press another button there's just way more where <laughs> when you're with the mouse it's just like click that power up and it activates it you know you don't have to like go into the power up menu and then click press a button and it's just like whatever but it's it's becoming more intuitive but again yeah i was expecting to just pick up this game that i already knew how to play and dive right into it and now it's like, oh, man, there's like all these new modes. I got to go through all these different ranks that get you know, tougher and tougher. There's like 15 different ranks now. Mm -hmm. um, I've already cleared <laughs> four of them or three or four of them. Uh, but it did suck me back at the other day. I was like playing a run just last night and I was like blasting away. I had all my my spread was really wide, but I was really powered up. So I was just like standing in the back row and just blasting all the pawns <laughs> away. 
But then I like, and I was like, I pretty much, I was like on the, I think you have to get through 12 or 12 floors. And then there's like a boss battle to finish a run. And I was on Mm -hmm. like maybe the ninth or 10th floor. And I was like, I'm cruising at this point. Like I'm just blowing everybody away. They can't even move. I just, the power-ups I had were perfect. And then I blew away one too many pawns. And then it made the queen's line of sight open to me. And it just immediately, and I literally, like, I was just playing, like, my, just, like, watching TV in the background, and I just, like, audibly was like, fuck! And it's been a long time since I've been that sucked into, like, a run of a roguelike, and I was like, I thought I had it in the bag, moving on to the next rank, and I was like, fuck! Oh, my God, it it got me good. I was, I was pissed. Oh, Um, that's, that's, but it was, it was game design there. It was a good feeling. I I was really, I was kind of back in like that. Oh man, it's been a while since a game has really made me feel that way. Like I can get sucked into a game, especially when I'm streaming, but like, man, it's been a long time since I've just playing on my handheld, like didn't even really have the volume on was just like playing it mindlessly with the TV or a podcast on or something. And I was like, man, I was sucked into that run and I was pissed (laughs) when I lost, Oh man, but Man, uh, but yeah, I totally know what you mean about like, yeah, the the like overload and like, yeah, because because even like when Randall and I were first talking about starting the podcast in general is partially because like he had moved away and we were not keeping in touch as much since he had had uh, Fiona and, you know, we were just he was more busy. And then we were both talking about when we did talk, we'd talk about, man, we don't really play games as much anymore. And we kind of started the podcast with the intention of like, oh, yeah, we're going to play games. and It's going to be way more fun. And then, yeah, it got to like, oh, man, recording every week and having shit to say is overwhelming, especially when we did those like hour and a half episodes or like, yeah, we really used to come armed with like a game or two each every episode and yes now it's let's like, keep talking about how hard we work and how much <laughs> <laughs> yes people should how hard work. it is to play games so great it's so hard man but yes no like uh, I, I just had to catch us because i was like hmm oh hold on <laughs> yeah let's commiserate together <laughs> yeah a, a yeah. little bit of that but yeah it i don't know I, i've been thinking a lot about I don't know, making games recently and like just making music, making art in general. And like part of the thing is that I've been doing more than playing games is like I've been watching a ton of Pico 8 like game dev videos and like learning how that language works because I am still very much like completely new to coding. Like I don't really know it and it's a completely new language and skill for me to learn. So like I'm, I'm yeah. And kind of in that mode already recently, just in how I've been approaching learning new instruments and approaching learning like how synthesizers work. Like I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm, more patient and able to be bad at a thing for extended periods of time and which was a a skill i did not have younger when i was was gonna say that's good for sure yeah like if if i was not immediately good at a thing i would drop it and like only focus on the things that i felt comfortable with but like now i'm yeah I, i am I'm very proud to say that I have been putting a lot and a lot of time into Pico 8 development and I still barely understand how to make a button press do a thing on the engine. Like, yeah. Oh, I, I got to definitely go oh, ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say like, I, I've been doing like, I had been doing a lot in the music engine and kind of got to the point yeah. where I was like, 
not struggling against the limits of it, but like becoming comfortable with like what the extent I am able to do in that and like kind of realizing that I'm getting basically all of the like juice out of that thing. Like there, there's not really anything that I don't understand how to use in the music engine. And so I was like, Oh, this, this will be fun to like get to that level, like in the regular game development, because I know there's a lot of hard limits and stuff and how you can code games. So what I was doing was like, trying to be like oh i i understand one aspect of this engine like let me try to learn a second aspect and i was like oh god i have no idea what the fuck anything is like going on here like it's yeah but it's fun like it's really fun to like learn the extreme basics and like i think it'll be hilarious when i have a like end product as like the worst quality game but with like decent sounding music (laughs) hey that goes a long way that can make that can make a you know pretty just mediocre game way better (laughs) just having a good soundtrack yeah so yeah it's it's been really interesting to just like think about games from now a like game and i don't want to also oversell like my perspective in like game dev but like yeah yeah but from but from the opposite end from like the creator's side as opposed to just the like i'm enjoying this game it's like there's part of me that always like worries a little bit about that because i do i notice like when i've like talked about uh, there, I can't remember who I was even talking to. I was like, I think I was even talking about games from the developer of Undergrave. They have a bunch of games like uh, Raven's Hike, a bunch of games that you uh, uh, Red Ronin. I don't, I don't know. There's a bunch of games mm-hmm. that they have that utilize kind of a similar mechanic where you basically go like up, down, left, right, and you kind of slide all the way across the screen. They're not all exactly like that, but they basically utilize that same input. And I was like raving to this other developer like, oh, you got to check out all their games. These are awesome. I was like, stre- I think I was streaming Undergrave and they were just like, Oh, it looks like they're just using the same mechanics all the time. Like once you can kind of see behind yeah. the curtains, you know, you're like picking it apart, like how it works. And it's like even with like music and stuff like that's, when you're trying yes. to figure it out. It's a little different in that regard because it sometimes you just want to learn how to play a song for the fun of it, like as opposed to like the functionality of it, I guess, if that makes sense. But it, I think the like novel or the novelty of a thing will wear off. But I think you get a much deeper appreciation for oh, like, yeah, the form yeah. as a whole. And like I because, I, yeah, there's a there's a lot of like listening to bands or like songs or stuff where like if you've played music for a while, you kind of listen to it as like mm, they're kind of just overusing this one hook or like there's not a lot of effort put into like this chord progression. And then but yeah. at the same time, then when you encounter something that's fucking good you're just like this is the i don't even understand how this is made yeah how did they how did they even think of this yeah yeah Yeah. exactly so yeah it's it's a double-edged sword and like i can already kind of feel that happening where i'm like oh no this i can't turn back after i've crossed this rubicon like things will forever change for me Yeah, well, that's one thing, though, that seems cool. I mean, obviously, there's always bad apples or bad seeds or whatever. But for the most part, in like the indie development community or the game developer community, at least the stuff I see on like social media and whatever, it's mostly like people when they see something they think is cool. It's like everyone like gathers around and like, oh, this is amazing. Like awesome work. You know, it's like so it is kind of cool that it is like it's real. It feels real supportive in that regard. You know, people aren't like jealous. I mean, Again, I'm sure there are people that get that way, but like it doesn't seem like there's like a lot of jealousy when somebody comes up with something cool. It's more like, 
holy shit, that's awesome. I can't wait to like either try to figure out how to do that or just play it myself and enjoy it. Like, I don't know. I just, I love to see that all the time. Like I always, in the comments threads, it's like the people who comment are usually game developers that made other cool games where I'm like, oh yeah, they made that. They made that. And it's cool to see them all just like patting each other on the back basically, you know? It's interesting to like, like see if like maybe there's an overlap of it being like, a younger art form and so like the generation that is making the independent version of its media is also of like a different generation than like other art forms like that's way different than people making indie music or indie films like those are completely different generations of people that's true yeah and uh, and different you know all all other things different like cultures groups like geography it's a lot of interplay <laughs> yeah yeah there's so many yeah just various things and again as something like a game having success with a game jam release can go so far you know it's not just punk cake obviously like talked about a leckhead and stuff like that on the podcast and there's just so many games that have started out as game jam games that even there's tons that i didn't even know i think what was it? There was some game that somebody mentioned to me recently, and I was like, holy shit, I I was going to say VVV, VVV, but I don't think that was it. But it was something of like that notoriety where I was like, holy, that started out as a game jam game. I can't, I can't hmm. think of it now, but um, I don't know. It was like a big, big indie game, you know, that where I was like, man, I had no idea that that started out as like a prototype or something. Oh, I well, just remembered a, a, a topic that I did want to like touch on tonight was that yeah, like, yeah. Part of what I want to do and how I'm going to like approach kind of game dev and as a general concept or like a creative endeavor in on my side of things is like I want to make the same game in multiple engines. Like I'm starting okay. off with like certain ideas of like game game ideas that I've had for a while. I'm like I'm starting it in Pico Eight because that's going to be like kind of the first actual engine that I learn. But yeah. I'm very interested in like once I have created a working version of that, like kind of in the same way that like I want to do a song in like every genre and be like, what does it sound like if I do this? Like, what can I keep like as the core part of this song and transform it into a different genre? I'm like, okay. Part of me is like, what is going to be the, how will I be able to use a different engine to make the same game? Like, I think it's really interesting of a concept and like, I don't, think that that's a thing that i see very often like i usually like if a game is a sequel to an indie game is made it's kind of made in the same engine like it's not a necessity that like sequels when they were like linked to hardware like mario on the nes to super nintendo to n64 like there was a different engine for like all of those by necessity, like a different platform, yeah. essentially, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so like that, that kind of really isn't the case with indie games made now. Like unity has been around a while. Like you don't see a lot of like, I don't know. Like I, I want to see more games that are made like on a homebrew NES then, and then they have the exact same version of it. Like Celeste is the only one I can think I would, about. I was literally just <laughs> thinking of Celeste. You got like the other one, which is not really 
it's different, but you have like we've talked about micro mages, which yeah. is a homebrew NES game, and then that you can buy that on Steam. But I don't think there's anything different about it. Like it's right. obviously not an NES ROM, but it's like you know whatever. It's oh, the same yeah. game essentially. It's just not running on NES hardware. Um, yeah. But the only other things I can think of is like cards with personalities getting right. like the Pico Eight to like full and like Shotgun King upgrade. Like yeah, Shotgun King. They, like when you try to like I, like proof of concept or like game jams are kind of that where like but that's also like yeah. kind of similar to like doing a demo version of a song like you have the thing made like you you aren't like there's not really any substantive difference it's just the performance that's different yeah it's actually cool it's funny you mentioned that too because there's actually uh fletch in the discord uh is and has made games in uh Multiple game jams, but made a game in our last game jam as well. But one of their games, Speed Cat, which was a Pico 8 game that they're currently working on, a, I think, a Godot engine version mm. with like, you know, just taking advantage of some of that stuff. And then uh, Turd Boomerang, who I mentioned earlier, and uh, Protractor, I think, is their like teammate from the last jam. They made the game Smited, uh, mm-hmm. which was a really awesome like farming sim p- game on Pico 8. And they're also working on like a game maker. Maybe it's Godot. Maybe it's game maker. I'm not sure, but an upgrade, uh, upgraded version of that as well. They've teased it a little bit in our discord and it looks awesome. I mean, it still has that Pico eight flavor, but just having the, like being I, able to build I want what people you built to in make there and then upgrade it. It's like, yes, <sighs> more versions of the same game. Like, that's, yeah, yeah. I like, don't necessarily make a sequel, but like even, even how we've talked about with like the wild guns and Pocky and Rocky and like, yeah. those like kind of more like those reimaginings where it's like, it's kind of a remake of the original game. It's kind of a sequel. It's kind of a new game. It's just like all of those things in one. And I know that's easier said than done. I mean, those three games that, uh, that studio has put out are masterpieces, the Pocky and Rocky. Well, that might be overstating it a little, but Ninja Saviors, Wild Guns and Pocky and Rocky, those three like reimagining remakes are incredible. Like some of the coolest modern retro games I've played in years. Yeah, but I I just love seeing like in the same way that I love listening to like different versions of songs. Like I just like seeing what like the creator or author is like, what are the core parts of this piece that I'm creating and how can I translate that in different ways? And I think that with games like if you've played like games on a lot of different platforms that's kind of built into how you consume like the art form where it's like yeah. oh okay i've played like kirby on game boy and kirby on wii u like i understand what a kirby game is even though the like yeah. games like vary so massively and like I kind of want that level of like fleshing out of concepts for indie games. Like I want more versions of everything. I'm a glutton. No, there's so many games I play where I'm like, I'm glad the developers like moving on and working on a new thing or, or whatever they're, you know, moved on to a bigger studio, whatever, whatever the case may be. But there are times where I'm like, man, I wish there's like a lot more ideas on that. You know, a lot more meat on that bone. I wish they could explore that further, whether it's a sequel or however they go about it. But yeah, there's so many games where I like kind of want more. And I know that's part of what makes a game great, though. Like, yep. uh, you know, part of what makes a Leckhead so memorable is like by the time you're done with it, you're like, God damn it, it's already over. Like mm-hmm. you're almost mad at the game, you know, but that's what keeps or a short hike. You know, that's what God. keeps those games in your brain. You're just like, I got to go back and play that game and be, and be there again, you know? 
Yeah. And the, like, it, it is such a, like a fine line of not overstaying your welcome and like mm-hmm. not doing too much or like finding a scope that you can make reasonably. But uh, also at the same time, I just want more. <laughs> like, I just yeah. want I think that's why, like, the the kind of arcadey roguelikes have grabbed me so much over the mm. last few years. Because it's like if if the mechanics of a game or yes. vibe or whatever really sink their teeth into me, it's like I can pretty much limitlessly play that game if I if the urge strikes me. Whereas, like, you know, a game that has an ending, unless it's like Super Mario World, where for whatever reason I can just keep playing that game and it never gets any less fun. Uh, but like most games, like the more I play Mario 3, even, you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, I like it, but... Eh, I don't really need to play it again, you know? Yeah. And maybe it's also, like, a a weird part of my brain that's, like, I don't know, I need need a new version of a thing. Like, I can't keep playing the same old version of a thing before. But I was, like, even recently, I was, like, I wish that there was, like, another cross-neak game. And I was, like, just play the game that exists. Like, it's endlessly playable. It's just a puzzle game. You don't need a different version with, like, a different soundtrack or skin. Or a little, or, like, a new twist to the mechanics or something, you know? Like, yeah, there's there's definitely times where, yeah, the the sequel or the follow up or whatever is unwarranted or whatever, you you know, whatever word you want to use. But it's like, OK, this doesn't necessarily need to exist. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm never opposed to like a game or a concept getting a little more love if there's more ideas out there, you know, and I, oh, yeah. I do love that games can get more of like a patch or a DLC or that kind of like they've done with Shotgun King, you know. They've just been able to keep adding to the game. And I think with feedback from the people who have been playing it, you know, I think they had a pretty diehard community online with that game. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I'm definitely I'm curious to see what you do with the Pico 8 or just development stuff in general. Yeah. Um, would you go you would you go like the Unity route, do you think, or Game Maker? Or do you have another engine in mind if you or would you go Godot since it's also uh, I've not looked at Godot at like oof i i'm still like trying not to like over extend myself and like get burnt out because like i tried unity honestly a decade ago at this point <laughs> like yeah just yeah so long ago and i i couldn't get like the possibilities i think were a little overwhelming and i didn't want to do like at the time it was stuff like sprite based or art based uh like platformers mm. were the mo- like the majority of game indie games that were being made yeah and so like there were very few uh, i can't remember what like there was like a lot of the like weird art games made in that era were like first person like camera games of exploration like i'm thinking stanley parable is like the most okay accessible. yeah 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 but yeah, like yeah. i know what you're talking about dear esther and stuff like that yeah gone home and yeah. so like your uh, those were kind of your two options of what indie games yeah. were at the time it really yeah. was just pu- like puzzle platformer or first person adventure <laughs> Yeah, first person, like, basically point-and-click adventure, but you just have control of your character, yeah. Yeah, so I, not being, like, happy with either of those as, like, what I wanted to make, like, I just kind of abandoned it, and then by the time that Pico 8 came out, and, like, uh, plenty of other engines, like, there has been 
like a decade of people making entirely new genres that didn't even exist before and like so many right. new spaces and like a history of games to build upon so like i i have benefited greatly from a lot of people doing the work in the meantime yeah and well one cool thing about pico 8 too and i don't know if you've dabbled with this but because like the, i think the pico 8 like software I, th- I think we probably got it as part of like one of the itch.io bundles that we mm-hmm. bought or whatever but i think a uh, standalone you could buy it for like 20 bucks and then it gives you access to like the bbs database or bss i forget what it's called but i think it's bbs and you can like basically any anyone who makes a game on there and uploads it to the bbs you can just like upload it in or download it and play it right from like the actual pico 8 mm-hmm. and then if you have it uploaded in there you can actually just like pull up the code for the game and look at it and analyze it and you copy it and do, oh okay that's how they did that function i mean again i don't know how to read that stuff so it was all over my head but i i got it's cool that little- you can do that a little too big for my britches and <laughs> after watching a couple hours of tutorials was like i got a good handle on this i'm gonna yeah. open up the code to alpine alpaca and i'm gonna know yes. exactly what's going on <laughs> and like i opened it up and i was like i no i can't understand a single fucking thing they've done in this <laughs> like this is speaking so far of above. speaking of pico 8 wizards johan pites i don't know if that if i'm pronouncing yeah. their last name right but oh my god they also have developed pico cad which is literally yes. cad software on pico 8 they have like the pico synth which is like a full-blown synthesizer they actually have a patreon now as well which is not a monthly thing they're just kind of like Hey, whenever I release a game, you get it. And then again, that you can buy them standalone. But I think they're mostly developing in Pico 8, uh, which is really cool to see. I'm I'm loving seeing people making Pico 8 games and charging money for them. Like these are good, awesome games that absolutely have no reason to be free. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's awesome that some of them are. But, you know, I have no problem paying money for a game developed in Pico 8. Like very, very awesome. I I love seeing it, to be honest. And like. A, a, a very similar thing is I've been trying to actually learn more piano now than I have in the past. Heck yeah. And like that was honestly one of the reasons why I joined one of my bands, Sadwitches, was because I was like, eh, if I'm in a band, I'll force myself to learn how to play this instrument. Yeah. Heck and yeah. like I I don't know. I, I've I did get better at it in that period of time, but like now I've actually started to like sit down and turns out all you need to do is practice wow it turns out everybody who has always just told me to practice is absolutely correct and that's all you need to do yep oh but it's it's difficult it's mind-numbing it's like very difficult to sit down and be repeatedly bad at something over and over and over again and like oh when I first started learning guitar, I still remember like going to my lessons. I was like in fourth grade or something and like learning like Mary had a little lamb and twinkle, twinkle, little star. It's like, this is not why I fucking got a guitar. <laughs> you know, yep. I wanted to learn like, you know, I think the first like real song I learned was Push by Matchbox 20. And I was like, OK, <laughs> like this is at least some real chords, you know? Yeah. But- and it's perfectly possible to like, like I'm the same way that like I played bass for years like you know you Mm -hmm. you do it by experience and like you learn a little bit and then you by actually doing the thing you just kind of force yourself to learn it but at the same time like I'm finally using like my pinky 
in playing piano and that is something that i've always avoided because i'm like oh it's it's just not strong enough strong enough yeah i've never used (laughs) this before and as a consequence of learning how to use my pinky in uh like piano i'm suddenly able to hit notes i never could on bass before a thing that as someone who played bass for a decade in a band that performed a lot (laughs) maybe i should have developed that skill a decade ago instead of being too lazy yeah especially when we like play our songs twice as fast yes so (laughs) but like i'm i'm suddenly like oh this is a lot easier because I practiced. <laughs> it's like, just a, I'm Heck such yeah, a man. fucking idiot. <laughs> like, not actually just sitting down and doing the thing. Dude, I gotta say, though, that's actually awesome. Between the game dev stuff and practicing piano, the fact that, like, you've felt fried with work and whatever, you know, but still had, like, the mental energy and capacity or maybe just determination or whatever. But, like, to, like, I'm gonna... D- dedicate some time to this because like again with me just starting up this new job and to be fair you know how any new job you know you're just taking in so much new information there's like all this computer mm-hmm. software i'm learning all this like i'm just like i don't have time to learn new rules in a video game you know i'm just yeah. like i just want to play again like back to shotgun king. i was like ah oh, this this isn't the shotgun king i know come on man i need to just play this mm-hmm. and then again pikmin like i don't want to explore a new area come on man i need to just play something that i'm like already basically like sleepwalking my way through you know so uh so obviously here we could probably talk like some video game stuff or non-video you know we could just chit chat here all night long so at the interest of just keeping this episode kind of you know reasonably you know (laughs) manageable to edit and whatever let's wrap it up here but realistically you're probably gonna hear more uh, you know john and i are just gonna keep chatting here some more Mm -hmm. so you'll probably hear some more of this uh uh in you know upcoming save it for the cast uh proper episode or whatever coming up but uh yeah, for now, why don't we wrap it up here for this week, John? And uh, yeah, you can find us on the internet at pursuingpixels.com uh, and pretty much everywhere else. And otherwise, uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. And until then, take care. Bye. Oh, I'm getting a little freeze freeze frame on you there, John. But uh, you still there? I'm here. If you Can you hear me? Yeah, I could I couldn't hear you there for a sec. Gotcha. Oh, I, I wasn't saying anything. Oh, oh, it like it like froze. I like lost you for like a good minute there. So. Gotcha.